Mamas on a Mission is a podcast bringing you bold and ambitious women. Grab a coffee and let's meet Melbourne mamas who are showing the world and their kids that the mission is possible. I'm your host, Holly, the Chief Mama of Motherhood Melbourne. Hey Mama, thanks for joining me again. I'm really blown away by all the Melbourne mamas getting behind this podcast. I remember when I first had this crazy idea to throw a podcast into the mix of Motherhood Melbourne. I just kept coming across really kick-ass local mamas that were super passionate about helping others, and I knew that I wanted to be a part of sharing them with you. Because, let's face it, sometimes the mums that are shoved in our faces are celebs with the same yawnfest story about bouncing back from birth in ridiculous amounts of weeks, and that just ain't going to fly with me. We deserve to be surrounded by women, by mums, that are trying to improve the lives of others. So I hope you've enjoyed and been inspired by the diverse range of Melbourne mums you've heard from so far. And if you have, hit the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to so that each new episode downloads automatically. Okay, so today I'm delighted to share the latest guest with you. And before I do, I want you to ask yourself if you've ever said or thought these things before. I'm so bad at saving. I can't buy that. I feel guilty spending that amount of money on myself. I'm addicted to spending. I don't have enough money. Yep, today we're talking money, money, money. But this is not a podcast about saving tips. It's about your relationship with money. Kat Vassello is a financial empowerment coach, and what that means is that Kat helps women transform their relationship with money so that they can operate from a more conscious and empowered place. Kat is the mama who will call BS on the conditioning we have around money. Your money mindset is not set in stone. Tune in today to find out how you can cultivate a positive money mindset with practical tools and start taking action to be financially empowered. Let's meet Kat. Hello, Kat. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Holly. It's so nice to be here. Oh, I'm really, really excited to chat with you, but I want to start with five quick questions. You ready? Yeah, shoot. Okay, awesome. The most important question, what is your coffee order? Ooh, um, I'm one of those <gasps> almond milk wankers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm almond cappuccino all the way. Okay, no, that's good. I thought you were about to say tea, so I got a little bit scared. <laughs> no, almond milk. Almond very milk. bad for the environment, I hear, but I'm, oh, I love it. It tastes yeah. very delicious, so whoopsie. <laughs> no, that's okay. Where are you drinking this almond milk? What's your favourite cafe to hang out in? I have two, actually. I, um, I've loved forever Darling Street Espresso in Mooney Ponds. I'm out in the northwest, so that mm-hmm. is a fabulous cafe. But there's a new one closer to my house in, in Killer East called One by One on McFarland Street, which is so good. The staff are amazing and, you know, one of those locals that they all kind of get to know your name and they know my son, which is so gorgeous. So I love going there. Oh, that's always good when the staff yeah. are amazing and you feel welcomed. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and what about your favourite family-friendly place? I have to say the museum. I only went there with um, my son and my husband, God, like a couple of weeks ago. Um, we got that free um, membership because Nico was born in 2017. So, and it was amazing. He absolutely loved it. 
loved every minute, loved climbing on things and pressing buttons and looking at all the colors. It was great. So it's a great day out and, and not weather dependent. Oh, it's really good. Yes, that's amazing. I know I got that too uh, when I had my bump mm. this year and I haven't utilized it yet, but I think I definitely need to need to check it out, especially for my toddler because you can touch oh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, so worth it. It's fantastic. Oh, that's great. Um, and what about your current binge? What are you reading, listening to, watching? I just completely devoured a book called The Woman in the Window. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the author's name is AJ Finn which was a kind of gone girl type thriller, which Uh I absolutely loved. Um, But I am a massive fan of Younger as well. So I just kind of have completely devoured that as well. Is that a TV TV show? show? Oh, okay. What is that? Is that on Stan or Netflix? It's on Stan. And they're short. It's by the writers of Sex and the City. So Uh, um, very clever, short Uh episodes easier to slot in while the little one's napping (laughs) that's important yeah it is and what about your simple self-care ritual what's something that you just like really simple that you do for yourself I absolutely I'm a bit in love and a bit obsessed with essential oils Um, and yeah so I just love you know kind of choosing some putting them into the diffuser or you know rubbing them where I can smell them on my body and just kind of sitting and chilling and meditating or just you know closing my eyes or chilling out for five minutes um I just find them really kind of grounding and centering and really can really change your mood and kind of support your emotions in a really incredible way um so I yeah definitely oils oils in some way shape or form (laughs) absolutely I actually popped one on just before we started to speak me Um, too (laughs) I got one my beautiful osteo actually made up a blend for my son to help him sleep uh nothing knocks him out so it doesn't work but it works on me (laughs) so I've taken it it's called the sleepy potion and yes but I love to just put it on to kind of yeah ground myself yeah yeah Mm. it's incredible I think until you start using them you don't really you can kind of think that it's all a little bit of woo woo hinky winky stuff um but I don't know I just there for so many reasons I've found them you know just a really amazing addition to my life and I can't imagine I use them every day so Mm. yeah love them oh good awesome all right let's get into the good stuff yeah oh yeah okay so with coaching like people are really starting to embrace that concept but I want to know specifically what is a financial empowerment coach what is it that you do and how did you become one so a financial empowerment coach um, I really work with women primarily and and a few men to redefine their relationship with money and it's really for me my mission is just for to help people bring a little bit more consciousness to their spending to their financial situation and kind of as a side effect to their whole life. And I got into this. I don't have a background in financial planning or financial management, and it's kind of really important for me to say that at the outset when I'm working with my clients Um, because my work really centres on mindset shifts because when you think about everybody's relationship with money, we carry so much baggage and we inherit a lot of this baggage um, you know, from our environment, from our parents, from, you know, the, the friends and the people that we surround ourselves with. And for me, when I studied my coaching qualification um, and was kind of thinking about which area I wanted to really focus on, 
a really good friend of mine was going through a really bad divorce and you know we were just talking about logistically what that meant and I just I was so struck by the stories that she'd really internalized about her financial future what that was going to look like you know as a divorced woman in her 30s um you know I'm no good with money I don't know how to to kind of control my finances you know this isn't something that I know how to do women are bad with money there's never going to be enough money I'm never going to get ahead all of this kind of conditioning and these stories that were kind of when you think about it really baseless like She'd never done it before, but that doesn't mean that she couldn't learn. That doesn't mean she couldn't, you know, completely transform her life Mm. um, and empower herself to get better. So I think from that point, I really thought, wow, like there's something in this because, you know, and I guess when you decide on something and you kind of start to see it in the world a little bit more, you know, that kind of, you know, you buy a red car and everybody has a red car thing. (laughs) Um, I just noticed it so much more in the conversations I was having with my friends, in my family, just this idea that, you know, women really defer their power when it comes to money. And I just thought, this is bullshit. Like, yeah, we don't need it. It doesn't need to be like this. So my work is really with, um, with clients to kind of dismantle that story, reshape it and really kind of define what does it mean for me? Because it doesn't mean the same thing for everybody, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then, giving them the tools that they need to bring that to life, to make it a reality, because it's not just about, you know, think about it and it will manifest. It's that's part of it, but it's so much more than that. You need practical tools. You need a basis in, you know, things you can use that will actually transform your your reality. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's really fascinating to hear all that. And I love that word manifesting, but I like that you say that it's beyond that. Yeah. And I think there's so much talk about manifestation, this idea that we can kind of imagine it and it will become a reality. Like just think about it like it's done and then it's done. And I think there is a lot to be said about cultivating a mindset where you don't feel constrained by, you know, your ego or that voice in your Mm. head that says you're silly for even thinking this is possible. That doesn't help you. But I think it's, it has to be both. It has to be that you know, limitless idea of I can do this and it's definitely going to happen and mm-hmm. really telling yourself that, but also putting some systems in place, putting some practical steps in place that will help you get to the place that you want to get to. Yeah, that's good. And what, what do you find are some of those reasons or beliefs that generally you find why women are stuck financially or they're really burying their head in the sand? To be honest, I think it comes down to a lot of the systems that we Mm. are brought up in, to be honest. Um, I think as women, we learn a very particular way of moving through the world from, you know, when we're young girls, particularly in the Western world. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can kind of sit here and, you know, frame it as the patriarchy or however you want to do it. It doesn't have to be that oppositional necessarily. Mm. But I think it's about you know, the way that we learn to be a woman and move through the world. So, you know, we're very deferential, you know, we're we're taught to be submissive and to be nice and to be, you know, polite and pleasant and not necessarily all the things that we kind of learn about money. um, 
is, you know, it's, it's rude to ask for more money. You don't want to be greedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think women just automatically shy away from looking like looking at that head on because we're taught that it's, it's, it's rude. We shouldn't, we shouldn't go down that path. So I think the system in a lot of ways is responsible for the way that we think about money and the way that we interact with money. But I think, you know, these stories start from so young and it depends on your family circumstances. It depends on your own kind of resilience and, you know, how you have dealt with adversity in your life, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, And how you've chosen to educate yourself because the difference is, um, I think when we go and we seek information about, you know, we, it's, it's fine to go and seek information to be better at our job or, you know, whatever we want to do. But I think it's really kind of discouraged to, to learn more about money. And I, there's just not this kind of idea of financial literacy that is widespread. And I think that that's a real problem. I think that that's something that's kind of holding us all back collectively. Yeah. Yeah. And so how can we then rewrite our story? So can you provide some practical examples of how we then can push past some of those, I guess, barriers and then cultivate a positive money mindset? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the first step, and this is something that I do a lot with my clients is about getting really, really crystal clear, crystal, crystal clear Mm -hmm. about what financial empowerment means to you and what having more money will actually mean for your life. Because so many of us can say, you know, I want more money. Um, You know, I need more money to be X. I need, when I have more money, I will be this. Um, But that's, that's not the answer. I think it's about really understanding what, what feeling that extra money you're trying to kind of, you know, accomplish, achieve, what is that going to bring you? So if you want some extra money so you can work less and you can spend more time with your children, you know, the feeling that you're chasing is freedom. The feeling that you're chasing is, you know, ease and that lightness um, that money, having more money can provide you. So when you, are, when you really know what that is and when you can define it, in really specific terms, you can kind of let all of the kind of the noise fall away about, oh, I need to, you know, get a promotion and this is so expensive and all of that, you know, static that's constantly in our head and you can go, okay, I know this is exactly what I want and now I have to put a plan in place to to get there. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the number one thing that I find is a real turning point with my clients is when we start to come at money from a place of what feels good Um, because money is just about the energy that you put behind it. So when you are constantly saying my life is just full of bills, there's never going to be enough money, um, I'm always going to be stuck here Mm -hmm. until you challenge that. Um, It's it's really, really hard to, to shift your situation. I love that you said that. Even when, like, when you just said that, what is the feeling that you're trying to achieve rather than, you know, what is it that you want to buy? What do you want to use your money for? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. I just straight away was like, oh, I've never thought of that before. Um, But that makes so much sense. And, yeah, I love that. Well, when you think about, you know, people who buy, you know, a red sports car or, you know, whatever it is, a holiday house or, you know, this 
this idea of what is the feeling that you're mm. that making that purchase is is going to give you. You know, if you if you buy a red sports car, um, the feeling you're chasing is freedom. You want the wind in your hair. You want that feeling of you know exhilaration. Um, is there you know you, what you probably don't think about is all of the things that come with <laughs> the red sports car, the insurance, yes. and all of that other stuff. Mm. Um, is there a way that you can achieve that feeling without the red sports car? Yes. Right? And that, that, that's such a massive way to reframe the idea that money, money buys you happiness. Oh, I was just because, about to say that. that mm-hmm. Yes, that proves that point so well that it doesn't yeah. buy happiness, that there are other ways to achieve that. Um, yeah, and it's not the thing that you think it might be. Well, it doesn't have to be. It might be. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole point of this exercise and the whole point of really cultivating a positive mindset around money um, is about kind of empowering yourself and it's about consciousness, mm. really. It's about shining a light on what what is this really about for me? What is this really about for me? So I can get that same feeling of exhilaration by, you know, learning to kite surf or running on the beach in the morning or mm. whatever it is. That's, that's what I'm chasing. I want to, to live my life being led by what feels good, not what I think I should be doing or what looks good from the outside, but what feels good on the inside. Yes. Yeah. So I think the second part of that obviously is that's a massive component of it. I think once you define the feelings portion of it. The second part, as I said before, is about making a plan. Um, you know, budget is such a dirty word, but um, <laughs> the old it B is. Word. The yeah. old B word. <laughs> but unless we know, you know, what our number is, what does mm. it cost us to live, you know, what do we really need to live comfortably, it's not until we have those discussions, we, you know, make the time to do that work that we can actually bring consciousness to it. And, you know, it doesn't have to be about, well, I have to cut out coffee and I have to do this and I have to do that, you know, to make my dreams come true. But it's more about what, how can I direct my money in a way that is aligned with where I want to go? So you can feel really good about saying, I don't, I'm not going to get that today because that's money I don't need to spend. And when I imagine you know, buying that beach house or going on that holiday or whatever it is, buying that mm. thing for my kid. I feel so excited about that. So that that is that is what's kind of moving me out of that moment and saying, I don't need that. That's more important. That that is fundamentally the money mindset that I help my clients cultivate. And do you find that when a lot of your when you're working with your clients, they haven't done a budget like they have not looked at where they're spending their money is that quite common totally yeah and I do this exercise about you know what's your number like what is mm-hmm. what does it cost you you know per day per week per month per year to live yeah and you know there are some amazing tools online amazing free tools that are kind of you know through the ATO and um, all that stuff and you know I'll give you the links to all of that so you can put them in the show notes oh, that'd be but great there's we kind of like to put our fingers in areas and go la 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 it'll all take care of itself um it's scary i'm no good with it i don't want to face it 
kind of thing. And also this idea that we can, we've got time to defer it. We've got time to think about superannuation later. We've got time to think about investing later. We've got, we've got time um, and we don't need to worry about it now. So yes, I, I do. I find most of my clients have a very rough idea of, you know, the incomings and the outgoings and particularly with some of the kind of small business owners that I work with, um, there's this kind of constant fear that underlines everything because, you know, paychecks are inconsistent when you're working for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, the money story that, you know, scarcity mindset, if you like, this idea that, you know, what if I don't make the next, you know, payment? What if I don't make enough money this month? dictates everything that they do and it's completely underlines everything they do so until you go right let's actually crunch the numbers and see you know what the situation is and then move you into a space that is more focused on what's coming in what's good what you have to be grateful for you know what you focus on expands and you know if you're only looking at the bad stuff, the outgoings, the bills, mm. of course your relationship with money is going to be a bit tense and strange because it's the bad stuff. It's the stuff that's kind of negative, I guess, yeah. the lack. Yeah, so um, really you're moving them into that shift from focusing on what they have and not what they don't have. Yeah, well, yeah, shifting them to look at what's coming in, look at what mm. you, can, you can do right now, look at what you have the means to do right now look at what money the opportunities that money has given you to date like your credit card bill when you pay that think about all the things that you could buy with that credit card you paid for your water bill and you Mm. paid for electricity and you put petrol in your car and you know they're they're not small things um i think we really take for granted the fact that we live in you know a country where all of that stuff is so readily available to us you know we are better off than 90% of the world. So gratitude is such a powerful tool that we all have in every moment to completely shift our perspective. And, you know, when it comes to money, it's just as powerful. And gratitude for what we have in the moment, what we're, you know, going to have in the future um, is just the most powerful practice that you can bring to your to your money life really yes absolutely and in your line of work what are you finding other common themes then um specifically with mothers and money mindset so we obviously go through a lot of different phases and shifts when we become a mum. so you know looking at times around pregnancy and our mat leave and when we return to work so what are you finding are the themes that are happening there I think that this really does come back to the system as well. And I think, you know, you go through such an enormous transformation when you become a mum, like in so many ways you are, you know, particularly with your first, you're, you know, you are going from, you know, possibly full-time work, you know, you're bringing in an income and, you know, your identity completely changes overnight. Your life is dedicated to this little being and everything that every kind of everything you defined yourself by every idea you had about yourself is just completely stripped away and i think the world kind of really reveres that you know you are a mother identity mm-hmm. 
And this idea that as women, we really need to justify ourselves if we want to do more than be, do more than just be a mum. Mm-hmm. I think the mindset around that, and I know personally for me, like I was working, you know, a corporate gig, I was bringing in a really good wage and I went on maternity leave and, you know, you're kind of sucked into that newborn bubble. Mm. And I just remember feeling like I wasn't contributing in the same way. And I think collectively society in general, there's the value that people, society, culture, them, I guess, puts Mm. on a woman staying at home raising her children it just it doesn't ever feel like as much as the person who's going out and bringing the money in yeah which is entirely ridiculous like, yes because you're working and, harder than ever <laughs> oh that's it that's it and I um I remember having this conversation with my mum actually and mm. just you know my son was probably about 11 weeks old and I just remember thinking like the measures that we we had to kind of measure our effectiveness or measure our relevance or importance of, you know, delivering a project or, you know, yeah. handing in that report on time, they were just gone. And your life becomes this cycle that is just kind of lived in three-hour chunks, <laughs> you know? And I just remember saying to my mom, I just don't feel like I'm actually contributing anything. I'm getting anything done. Like, mm. it's just, oh. And she said, you are keeping a human being alive with your body. Like you are doing that. Like there is no, there is no job. There is nothing that you could ever do in your life that could be more important than that right now. Like just stop it. Give yourself a break. And I kind of went, oh shit, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wise words from your mum. Wise words from my (laughs) mum. Oh, yeah. that's so true. Oh, my goodness. And that is exactly what, he, what you needed to hear at that time. Yeah, it, it, I think it definitely was. And I think kind of you're never going to quantify the value of that work. Yes. And I think trying to is a little bit pointless really. Yeah. So, you know, the mothers that I work with who are in that space of kind of trying to reconcile this new identity you know, I, I I still want to do something, um, but I don't know how to kind of manage it. I all of that. Mm. Um, it's just about kind of giving yourself a break to start, and also just coming back to this. Well, what do you really need to live yeah. comfortably? Like, what does actually mean to you financial empowerment? If you want to go back to work, that's fantastic. Great. If you want to stay home with your ch- and raise your children, that's amazing. Like, how do we? really get crystal crystal clear on your definition of financial empowerment so we can put a plan together that will help you make that a reality and I think there's such there's such a massive part of this that comes back to the system you know we all you know for those of us who are working in corporate jobs who go on maternity leave um we go back and you know we ask for part-time hours and there's this constant feeling like we need to thank them we need to thank our employers for letting us back in, for being so flexible, for mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And that's just such a fundamental shift we all need to make in the system. Like we need to push back against that because if, if businesses really want diversity, if businesses really want, you know, to support all people, 
um, you know, parents are men and parents are women. Yes. Then they need this. This this isn't like a, a nice to have. This isn't like oh wow that workplace is really you know offering really flexible working <laughs> arrangements. It's just it has to it has to happen. Like it's crazy the number of conversations I have with women who just say I'm so grateful that my workplace is so flexible. I'm so grateful that I get to do all of it. And I mean I'm one of them. I'm absolutely one of them. You know I wear many hats. I work part-time in a corporate gig um and I coach so I do get to design my life in a lot of ways but I think if we are going to change the system we completely need to change the paradigm around this we need to change the stories around this about how we earn our money um we need to challenge businesses to be to really be more inclusive and to be more equitable um it's about you know men and women Yes. Getting equal access to parental leave. It's not it's not just for mums, like and you know, encouraging our partners to change the way that they have conversations about parental leave. Like my husband took two months off so I could go back to work, you know, when I started yeah. back in my corporate gig earlier in the year. And he's amazing, but having those conversations with his workplace it was they were kind of breaking new ground yes yeah you know like it's some places are doing it amazingly yes. um but this is just like a constant conversation we need to be having with, with each other with our workplaces it's we need to shift the collective mindset so together we can all kind of get better yes and i guess do you have any tips then or that you provide women when they're returning to work to have those conversations with their workplace and around that or even with their partner? Mm. I think particularly with your partner, you need to yeah. be on the same page. Like if you are not on the same page about what your roles are as parents, mm-hmm. it just it's impossible. It's, it's truly impossible. Um, I don't think... I think that we're getting better, but I don't think that, you know, the division of domestic labour or however you want to couch it is yes. 100% equal yet. Mm. But having the conversations is is the first step. So I guess the tips that I would have would be to have a conversation with your partner about how that separation is going to work for you. You know, maybe you decide you want to do earlies, you know, if you want to work three days a week. You know, this is what my husband and I, I do earlies um, so I can get home earlier and look after my son in the afternoon and my husband goes to work a little bit later on the days that I'm at work and I'm at home two days a week. You know, on days where, you know, I have coaching stuff to do on my days that I'm not working at my corporate gig, you know, my husband can work from home. It's just about having these conversations and not like constantly having these conversations and setting the boundaries about, you know, what is going to work for your family. Um, and in terms of having these conversations with your employer, um, it just really is about, you know, some people could take that, you know, the your work rights and fair work and all of that, and I don't necessarily think that that's the best tack. Um, I think it's just about, you know, talking about that diversity of experience and you know if I don't 
I'm contributing something here, even if I'm only contributing it in a kind of not in a full time capacity, you are still getting the benefit of my experience, of my ideas, of my work um, while I am here. And employers that kind of discount that or, you know, make it difficult for women to work in a way that suits their life um, are really behind the times. And we just need to keep pushing. You know, this is a real, this is activism, I think. This is something that it is. Yes. It's something that we all as, as mothers, you know, we want both and we can have both um, and corporate Australia needs to catch up. Absolutely. Oh, you're, you're on the money, <laughs> pun intended. And I, yeah, and I think that's kind of why we've seen this rise of, you know, mumpreneurs and, you know, women who go on maternity leave and start a business and have incredible success just like you holly um because we want well don't you think we want we want yeah we want the opportunity to make our work work for us we don't want to have to ask permission we don't want to have to be told what we can and we can't do we don't want to have to fit our work into that kind of very narrow set of working hours Biggest thanks to First Class Baby, my awesome podcast partner that's supporting this episode of Mamas on a Mission. Are you hopping on a plane soon with a little one in tow or you're dreaming of a getaway but the logistics and costs of travelling with a baby are stressing you out? Book that trip, Mama, and then jump on over to First Class Baby and hire the baby and kids travel equipment. They've got all the things you need for a smooth flight. Don't go buying new this and new that. Hiring items like travel strollers and sleeping aids, for example, will save you a ton of money, space and time. This Melbourne-based hire service carries products and brands that you love, like Baby Zen, Yo-Yo Plus, Cozy Go and Plain Pal. And the best part is, First Class Baby delivers a first class service. They'll deliver to you and pick up items when you return. And it's free for delivery and collection in all Melbourne metro areas. Put your mind at ease for that much-needed vacay and hire your travel equipment at First Class Baby. Grab a quote, check availability and book directly at firstclassbaby.com.au. Yes, um, and we know our worth as well. And like you said, absolutely. we know that we can contribute so much and it's just a shame that a lot of workplaces still have, I guess, a very backwards view about that you need to be sitting in a cubicle at your desk chained to a computer and that's the only yep. way that you're, um, you know, for eight hours or sometimes 10 hours a day and that's the only way you're producing good work, whereas it's like, mm, I know that I could, you know, do a lot of this um quite efficiently in an hour what I used to get done probably in a couple of hours at work um totally yes yes and it's yeah I think there is a really great shift in some sectors definitely yeah yeah but it's still going to take a while but until then it, it is amazing to see a lot of women like yourself who are really taking charge and and saying look I have these skills I have this passion and I can achieve this on my own Totally. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think there's this real tendency for women um, 
to kind of, it is about asking permission. It's about apologizing, I think, for Mm -hmm. the choices that they're making. And, you know, I have a friend of mine um, has just had a baby and was talking about going for this other job. And, you know, she's, her baby's, you know, one and a half or whatever. So, you know, wants Mm. to have another kid, but just completely discounting herself Mm. from future future opportunities because, well, I'm probably going to have another kid and I don't want to do that to them. Like a man would likely (laughs) never have those same qualms. Yeah. Um, It's just funny and it, it all comes back to mindset to conditioning, yeah. to our how we value ourselves as individuals and as women and the contribution that we can make. Um, we need to learn to be better at that. And that is a cultivated practice. It's not something that happens overnight. Yes. And what, what happens, you were talking before about really communicating with your partner, talking about those roles. What happens when there's a really big conflict in that mindset? Uh, between partners and how do you help your clients through that because I'm guessing you're sort of working one-on-one with um, say you know a woman and then if their partner is not on board with how they're sort of like trying to make that change yep how do you guide them through that to be honest I haven't personally worked with many people who have encountered that I think people who are ready for coaching Mm-hmm. Uh, who come to me, who kind of seek it out, are already having these conversations within their relationship. There's already something yeah. within them that is kind of pushing them towards personal development, to making a change for the better, to doing something differently. So there's already that kind of hunger in them and they're already, the, the, the wheels and the cogs are already turning in that way. But I think, like anything, it's just about communication. And I think, it's about making sure that your values are aligned with your partner and your direction. So from a financial perspective, if you and your partner aren't on the same page about what your financial aspirations are, it doesn't have to be from a line item point of view, but if, you know, if you don't both agree that you want to buy a house or that you want whatever those big financial dreams are for both of you, Mm -hmm. that needs to be addressed before any of the mindset stuff can be addressed because that's kind of a starting point for so much of this this work, you know, you need to be coming from a common place because, you know, in a marriage or in a partnership or however the arrangement is, we generally pull our money together um, and to use that kind of feeling and that excitement and that, you know, aspiration to, to pull us towards a goal, um, we need to be starting from the same place. We need to be on common ground. So my advice is, communication what what are your shared values what are your top three financial aspirations for your life together and and working backwards from there thank you and I guess before we sort of wrap up I really want to know what you're most passionate about so in your role as a financial empowerment coach what's your mission my mission is to empower women with knowledge to encourage women to learn, to take their power back, to really understand and appreciate that they can do whatever they want. The money, the money that they have is theirs to control, not the other way around. So, you know, whatever your goals are in life, 
you can make them happen if you put the right systems in place, if you have the right mindset behind it, um, and you're willing to work for it. It's just about using money as a tool to build a life that feels good and not one where money is, you know, all of the negative connotations about money making you feel stuck, about there never being enough, um, not letting those dominate your your thoughts um, and your life because what you think you become. So <laughs> it's true. We need to think things that make us the best we can be. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what? My mind is really blown and I just... I am taking so much in from this chat, but I'm really grateful because you've created also a resource that uh, the Motherhood Melbourne community can download from the show notes of this podcast for free. Anyone can access it who's listening. And I'd love for you to share what's on there and how can they use it? Uh, This, the tool is really just um, a set of journal prompts that will help you to understand what is your money story or where does it start really? and kind of scratching the surface of those thoughts because we're often so unaware of the inner dialogue that's kind of running through our mind, that kind of constant chatter. Um, But the moment that you shine a light on it and you take that, you know, that voice as a kind of object and you look at it and you go, wait a second, what are you saying? Um, It's, it's super interesting. And Mm. the, the worksheet is really just designed to help you to, uncover that it's just some really deep kind of questions um that you can ask yourself so you can understand your money mindset a little bit more and from there have a starting point to start reframing those thoughts and those ideas and writing a money story that works for you that is serving you thank you for putting that together and do you know what i love there was a question on there that was about your earliest memory of Mm. money and Mm. even just not even just thinking about my own memory but what my child or both my kids but mainly like at the moment my toddler is really starting to well he's not understanding but (laughs) um he's really like thinking about when we go to the shops and he sort of says I want to give them the the card you know, so he's, yep. he thinks that we have this magic card that, you know, yeah. buys everything. And I just think, oh, my gosh, because we don't have physical money, we're not counting it out. I just wonder how that's making an impression on his money mindset for the future. And I'm yeah. like, are you just going to think that there's this magical card and he doesn't have to work for anything and yeah. it'll just pay for everything? And I'm just like, how do I, how do I start to actually teach him some of these um, tools and set him up for success in the future? Yeah, I think it, and it's about going back in a lot of ways to cash and it's just about teaching him consciousness in those moments. Cause yeah, yeah. I mean, we do, all of us, um, take that, you know, pay pass thing for granted. Yeah. We just have to stop it and we don't even have to think about it. I uh, so I, I personally have started taking my money for the week out, like my miscellaneous spending money. Yes. I take it out in cash and once I've gone, it's gone. But that act of, exchanging notes and coins for you know goods and services um Mm. it's so powerful because you kind of go oh wow like do I really want to spend my last five dollars on a coffee I just had a coffee upstairs like I probably don't need to do that Um, it is the ultimate exercise in consciousness because it's it's right there in your hands it's tangible um and you're actually parting with something physical it's not just 
your rose and ones flying through the internet. It's, it's real. So, yeah, I think with kids, definitely showing them, you know, money boxes, coins, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the barefoot investor, Scott Pape, does a lot, of, talks a lot about this actually with his own kids. Um, it's about the value of that, about using that as a talking point to say, you know, if you do that, I'm going to give you this physical coin mm-hmm. and you can decide what you do with that. So, yeah, I think it will be interesting to see um, how the next generation, how our kids, their interaction with money and, and how they think about it. Mm-hmm. But I think there are little things that we can do now. I mean, cash might not even exist when they're grown up. <laughs> Who knows? I know, I know. And even just, yeah, just thinking about when I used to go to the supermarket and if, you know, my mum, she had her cash there and if it went mm. over, well, then she had to decide what items to remove. And, of course, it was exactly. like the junk food that I'd snuck into the trolley. But yeah. our children just don't have, like, there's no, yeah, it's such a different world for them. Absolutely. There's no concept of the value exchange. Yes, yes. Of, you know, I give you this and I get this in return. It's just, mm. it, it's amorphous. It's this thing that lives, you know, just in a card. Like there's mm. no physical back and forth. So yes, where I can, I think I personally am kind of trying to go back to that more physical value exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't work for everything. And you can't online shop with cash. So <laughs> um, I'm all about that. So, yeah, I think. Cash for our kids is definitely something to think about. Yeah, yeah. And you know what I love about this chat that we're having too is it doesn't matter if it is about your children or it's about you, your partner, Mm. we can rewrite our stories. We can change that mindset. Um, And I think that's really powerful. It is. It's so powerful. And I think we all underestimate the power that our thoughts have, the power that the language that we use has. you know, we see, you know, there's all this stuff that flies around the internet about, you know, if you speak really nicely to a plant, it grows better. If you speak badly to a plant, it goes black or whatever. Um, we don't think about how that affects us personally, you know, mm. the kind of the negative effects that constantly using negative language and constantly using, you know, disparaging terms for ourselves, whether it be about our body or whether it be about, you know, I am not worth enough. And I think, you know, our money mindset fundamentally comes down to the value that we place on ourselves and, you know, what we think that we're worth as a human being. So when we're saying I'm never going to have enough money, the subtext of that is I don't think that I'm worth more than this, Um, which is just bullshit. It's not true. It's just not true. So we we have the power to change that ourselves. It's just it's inside us right now, and it. I think that that's the thing that I I love about what I do. It's sitting with a client and seeing that change in front of my eyes, like watching them over the course of a series, realize that oh my god, I'm doing this. Like, you know, three weeks ago or four weeks ago or a month ago, like I was stressing about this, and now I have more clients than I've ever had or now I have more savings than I've ever had and I'm only doing a couple of things differently like there's not that much that I've had to do what is it and it's 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 your mind it's the power (laughs) of your mind like it's it's magic if you use it in the right way 
Yes, that must be so incredibly rewarding for you to see those transformations. Oh, it is. It's the reason that I do it. It's honestly yeah. the reason that I do it. And honestly, the reason why I think no matter what direction my business goes in, I'll always do some kind of one-on-one work because there's so much power in holding space for another person and just letting them be who they have to be, say what they need to say, express those fears in a safe space and like kind of partner up. Like it's, it's, it's such a partnership. It's such a collaboration about, you know, how do we want to make you and your life and everything about it better? Like how can we just up level um, together and supporting them and cheering them when they kick a goal? And it's, it's incredible. It's really incredible. Oh, well, Kat, I've really enjoyed chatting to you today. I'm sure people listening got a lot out of it. And I want to thank you for your time um, and also just for what you're doing for women because I think it's so important, the mission that you're on. And, yes, thank you so much for creating the resource as well. Thanks, Hole, right back at you. You are <laughs> creating a community and we are in desperate need of more communities in this world. So. Right back at your sister. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't pay you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're better later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you so much. And I look forward to continuing to see your great work. Thanks, Holly. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, Mama. Are you ready to dig into that nifty resource Kat was talking about? You can snap that baby up for free over at motherhoodmelbourne.com.au. You'll find it on the podcast episode page along with all of Kat's deets so you can connect with her. And please don't be in a rush to leave the Motherhood Melbourne site. Hop on over to the blog where you'll find stories from the real mummers of Melbourne. I love to provide an opportunity where everyday Melbourne mums can contribute their story to heal, be heard and to help others who have had a similar experience please get in touch if you'd like to share your motherhood story. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with me. 